Welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that features those who take a leap to follow their purpose and their passions and their dreams. I am so excited to have the first husband and wife entrepreneur couple on today's episode. And I'm eager to talk to them and hear their journey. Um, But let me tell you a little bit about who they are. Waz, I know Waz forever. Um, New York guy, finance, um, Goldman, was it Goldman? Wow, is it Goldman? Yeah, I did a few firms, but Goldman, uh, Merrill Goldman and uh, Summer Morgan Stanley. Okay, it's finance, um, met his wife, Julia, seven years ago, they got out of Dodge, now they're, uh, you know, have three kids, and Julia is the CEO of herb and root um, company I want to hear more about that which produces fragrance oils and luxury products for health conscious users oh by the way Waz is a CMO of org organat org, how do you pronounce that bro org, org analytics org analytics a software firm which empowers managers to understand their workforce and formal networks in order to improve performance, engagement, and inclusion. Please welcome Wazir and Julia Garuba. What's up? What's up, y'all? We're doing good. We're doing well. How are you? Thanks for having us. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, I'm eager to hear your story. Um, stories. Um, you know, it's my first husband and wife uh, team that I have on this podcast. And first of all, y'all got kids, y'all got family, y'all still rocking the entrepreneurial life. And I want to hear all about that. But before we get to where you are now, I always want to, you know, let people know, you know, start off from, you know, want to hear your journey. You know, so walk me through your journey. I say wise go first. And I guess you could like chime in, Julia, when you know you guys met. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, you know, this is my first time doing a wife and husband couple, so we just we're just gonna wing this. Actually, uh, ladies first. I'm no, like, I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. My story is your story. Man. My story is your story. It's our story, honey. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why don't you go, baby? Okay. Um, I actually grew up in Texas. Um, out about an hour outside of Austin. Um, and uh, it was a very rural kind of upbringing. Um, and I was like desperate to escape. So um, I moved away when I was pretty young and um, I traveled a bit. I backpacked um, throughout um, Asia and the Middle East and um, North Africa. And those travels kind of um, inspired um, Urban Roots. Um, oh, in the meantime, or between trips, uh, between travels, um, I, I graduated with an, a bachelor's degree in international relations, and okay. then I worked a nonprofit in New York that uh, resettled refugees, um, resettles refugees, and they have refugee camps throughout the world, and they're called International Rescue Committee. So I worked there for a while, and then I went to law school at Brooklyn Law School in downtown Brooklyn, and um, graduated there, and then practiced briefly, but then I, I started um, Urban Root um, kind of basically mixing up stuff in my kitchen. And then when we moved to Austin, we were able to kind of really expand with the space that, that Austin offers. So, oh, wow. Me. 
Oh, so when did you meet Wise during his journey years? In New, in New York, um, and we we were it was at a house party we met, um, and this oh, was during. Was it my yeah, house party? Was... <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been. <laughs> Um, summer of 2008 it was the financial crisis yes summer. between was in, in B school at Columbia at the time and he was between years so he was oh, okay. like just he was at summering at Morgan Stanley that, that summer oh yeah. that's go dope. ahead with, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so why so, uh, your turn yeah uh, for me uh, born in Nigeria kind of lived between the US and Nigeria, up about to about 15. Spent a lot of time living in Brooklyn, Jersey, uh, primarily, you know, North Jersey. And uh, so I went to high school, college in that area, St. Peter's University in Jersey City. Uh, and, you know, I did SEO. So, you know, we've been rocking. We were kind of going to the same parties in our early 20s, right? Right. Um, and we kind of, you know, got into the New York scene. I wound up working at Merrill. Uh, Merrill Lynch, NASDAQ training, and then from there I went to Goldman. And right around the time I chose to go to business school, um, I think it was right around 2007 or so, I left Goldman and started in business school, and then the financial crisis literally started <laughs> probably the day I left Goldman. So, <laughs> um, um, was that a good thing I, or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think, you know what, I'm, I'm learning to look back at history and everything is a good thing, I guess. Um, I mean, if not, I wouldn't have met my wife. So uh, a lot right. of things. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of the problems that happened that summer, even my experience at Morgan Stanley were kind of all things that pointed me being here. You know, my choice to go into entrepreneurship, for example, was me, you know, looking at all these these banks, looking at their stock prices drop and realizing, you know, that it wasn't where I wanted to be, um, looking at the impact of them getting things wrong. So I met Julia. Um, we spent a few more years in New York, I believe, but. We just started grabbing. We live in Harlem. Yeah, we live in Harlem. Uh, after I okay. finished off at Columbia, off at Brooklyn Law, and I think we were. Um, I went. I wound up doing. I lived in Brazil for a bit. Did a lot of. Uh, I brokered uh, carbon credits. I got into the environmental credit space. You know, structuring all kinds of exotic securities around natural resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went investment banking, like renewable energy investment banking, right before we left. I think that opened my eyes to the fact that there was a better life because, you know, you're doing banking in New York and um, even at that salary, you're just kind of surviving, right? Julia right. just finished. Yeah, I was like, well, what are we doing? Um, I think at that point, I was like, well, I've done enough models. Let's see where we started running models. See, like I would do like the financial side and she'd do like the legal side of where else could we live that would allow us to. No, I was just basically like, if we're going to have kids, I don't want to have them in a one bedroom, sitting for a walk up, <laughs> wow. slept in, roller into the subway. I just don't have the energy for that. And I'm glad now looking back that we did that because we had twins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. We had three kids. We had three kids in a period of like two and a half years. Yeah. So we were like, we had a toddler and then I, and then I had twins like 18 months later. And so we were just, we have been just, just exhausted basically. And if I was doing that on the subway, I would probably be a hard person to deal with. So, so yeah. you guys had kids in New York or was it in, in Austin? In Austin. No, we moved to Austin partially because I was like, I don't want to have kids like in, in that like very kind of stressful, high paced environment because uh-huh. I felt like my own sanity, I needed to be somewhere a little bit slower and quieter while I was, while I had young children, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, how was so... that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Wise. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening now. It was that we just we just weighed a lot of variables mm-hmm. about where we want to be, um, 
where could we afford to for one of us to build a business, if not both of us? So you guys and had entrepreneurship, you know, intentions out the gate when you guys were making these plans. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, prior to prior to um, uh, prior to going into banking, I I had a chance to look at a job offer out in uh, Las Vegas, working for the person who founded uh, uh, Zappos. I was working on something called the downtown project. And so while I was out there, it was like living in a building and just being around entrepreneurs all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which, and so when I got back to New York, it just, I think we got bitten by the bug and Julie was trying out. She had a lot of business ideas. I mean, the kolaches, the shoes, they're just things that she would come up with. She's very creative. She's always making things. So she started making soaps for us and that evolved into, you know, what, all kinds of things, right? Pretty much everything she could figure out how to make. But you, what you, had, you had just graduated yeah, go from law school, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, A, the job market was terrible. And so, like, a lot of the, a lot of my classmates were, and I was, I was taking, you know, contract work here and there, but the full-time offers were just, like, the salaries were really low for, you know, for my, you know, for having just graduated law school. And a lot of my classmates actually came out and, like, moved in with their parents, who luckily lived in the, New York, hopefully, lived in the New York metropolitan area, and then just waited it out mm-hmm. and applied. And I didn't have family there, so that wasn't an option for me. Oh. So I was like, I got to like, yeah, I was just, I was like, I'm scraping by. I can't, I can't afford to live here while I'm you know, with six months to a year while I'm waiting for the perfect job to appear. And in the meantime, I just started working on my own business. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. So you guys did, you know, your plans, decided to take that leap and move to Austin. Um, yeah. How was that transition? You know, picking up everything, leaving New York behind and just like... We put everything in a van in like the pouring rain. Whatever didn't fit in the van, we just <laughs> everything that didn't fit on the van was on 149th Street, 148th Street. <laughs> wow. Just out, yeah. yeah. If it didn't fit in the van, it just it didn't go. There were shoes out there in the rain, just <laughs> and we drove and we were like, let's just get to Jersey tonight. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. And then we just packed up, released it over. We were like, listen, it's a wrap. It's yeah. a wrap. New York is like it's done. It's no more. Well, it's a band-aid. It's so it's such a magical, amazing place. And then when you decide you need to get out of there, it's really hard to get out. It's like right. you gotta go. Like you know, if we don't go now. So. I love New York, but it's kind of in many ways it it could it can be like being in a, an abusive relationship. Like you yeah. love this city. <laughs> right. It doesn't really You're like the subway's broken down again. <laughs> yeah. It's right. hot. You know. They're raising my rent. What do you mean? Hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, living. Taxes going up. So, yeah, all of that. We just realized, you know, I think that for us, Austin is the, you know, you look at the calculations, like where do we have the runway mm. to start a business? Where, where can we wake up in the morning and not be miserable about the, our financial situation as we take this leap into entrepreneurship, which is terrifying enough as is. Right. Right. Why try it in one of the most expensive cities in the world when you can go and think about it deeply somewhere else? Right. I mean, like a lot of this philosophically is like let's let's go somewhere where this is starting to pop. And when we got to Austin, I mean, six six years ago, I mean, Austin has changed. Yeah, and it was in the midst of that change when we, when we moved here. It was mm-hmm. already it had already doubled in size, I believe, mm-hmm. from what it had been mm-hmm. ten years earlier. So wow. it's it's great. 
obviously growing and becoming kind of an alternative to Silicon Valley because, uh, you know, the high, uh, you know, high cost of living no there for a lot tax. of people, no state tax. So, yeah, you know, well, California has good weather too, but, you know, yeah. So you guys cold, moved but... to Austin at the right time, it sounds like. We feel like that, yeah. Yeah. It was the right time for us, and I think it was a good time in Austin. I think, like for, Austin. I, think, I think for the next 10 years, there really is no wrong time. Austin's still got a lot of... It's yeah. just still a lot of room for this city. A lot of room grow. for growth too. And you know, it's not New York. And so by that I mean It's not an international metropolitan city yeah. yet. It might be It's later. diverse in some ways, thought wise, but not necessarily demographically. It's, it's not that yeah. But, not but yet. at the same time not yet, not yet. Absolutely. Not yet is the right way to frame it. Mm-hmm. And uh but what what is fascinating about it is it's an, it's an I think it's probably one of the smartest cities I've ever lived it. I mean, I've met more PhDs and NASA scientists and just walking down the street, just like super duper smart people. I mean, we've got UT here, 50,000 students or so. I mean, so this place has been generating, you know, some of the smartest people in Texas mm-hmm. for as long as it's been out there. And many of them, you know, choose to stay. Right. So it's surprisingly smart, surprisingly adaptive. And it is weird because you're just going to see everything, you know, it's like a mini New York in that sense. But when, I think when we left New York, we had a one bedroom kind of decent, not even decent, but okay. Decent place, 1900 or so. We got down here, two bedroom, two bath. The place had like a patio, balcony. balcony, Oh, a hot tub. Hot like... tub pool, you know, right. It was $1,100. $1,100. Wow. Like... So did you so guys like save up and stuff uh, for the move or did you guys, you know, have anything lined up, you know? On- well, I was working for, um, when I got out of law school, I was like working part-time for um, Starwood Hotels um, okay. in their in their restaurant. So then I transferred down to the ho- the W Hotel that they had here in, in downtown Austin. Oh. So that was kind of, our, yeah, that was our um, runway there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then we, we literally just started focusing on urban I mean, yeah, we- yeah, right when we got down here, it was like, we started the business in New York, actually. We had the idea. I think the idea was during Hurricane, what was that one, Sandy or so? The one that hit New York? Well, it's evolved, but we started selling up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then moved here. Yeah. So, I mean, just, okay, let's talk about this business for a little bit. I want to hear about a transition to Austin, but I want to hear, like, how did you guys start Urban Root? And how did you guys, what was the, what's the business model? Mm-hmm. Well, Urban Root is, um, it was actually inspired by my trips to the Middle East, which is my favorite part of the world. And um, going through like, you know, the souks of Marrakesh and the markets in Turkey. And just this, it, there's just this energy there of these old like families that have been there for generations and they own shops and they're like, you know, you read about like the spice trade and these like families of caravans of traders, you know, and um, I, I kind of always kind of like that idea for myself as like mm-hmm. a trader, as somebody that makes and produces and like buys and sells. And then, you know, to see these as like family businesses and then a lot of them are fragrant shops because the Middle East is very um, fragrance oriented. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of the most exotic oils have always passed through that region. So there's this amazing array of just exotic smells and sights and everything so um that's what inspired the business it's that it's a fragrance brand um and our model sell online we do not sell through any 
um, retailers at all. Um, and we pretty much focus all of our efforts on our store, our e-commerce store, and then also on Amazon. Oh, wow. How easy was that to set up and, you know, get customers and stuff? Well, it only took about six years for us to take I would, you know, yeah, actually, I would, actually take money out of the bank account for ourselves. <laughs> I wouldn't say easy. I wouldn't say easy. I think that um, in many ways, uh, you know, you could go fast alone or you could go further together kind of thing. We've taken an approach of uh, – we started the business uh, under, partly with the advice of one of my mentors who said, hey, your wife has some great ideas. Focus on her product business. You're moving to a new town. You know nobody. You're kind of a service type of person. Mm-hmm. Support in there and so we've pivoted we've gone through some iterations from soaps to salves into the fragrance side of things um and we've really kind of found some spectacular products we've uh, been actually in uh, rob vices the rob vices box and you know really found some products that resonated with the with the audience well it's been the learning right so learning how to manage your store and get on amazon and we've had to learn adobe and doing our own accounting shipping and handling and ordering boxes from China and pitching. And- yeah, because we do everything. So, wow. <laughs> so we said we mean in you and Waz? Or do you yeah. guys have a team? No, yeah. me and Waz. Me and Waz. Wow. <laughs> you guys have been doing this for six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, almost six, seven. Almost seven. Three kids and two businesses. I know. And I was about to ask you, like, how the hell y'all end up have time to have kids in between building a business you know it's been a grind real grind (laughs) i mean think about it you guys are entrepreneurs um you know y'all don't have benefits you know y'all don't have Mm -hmm. you know a security blanket a weekly check and you guys i mean austin is that cheap of a living you know where you guys like we could wing it we could have two kids no it's stressful it's definitely stressful we've been blessed i mean we've never gone to bed hungry I think the Lord's provided in that sense, but it's stressful. Um, that said, um, we've also, you know, not to say we're, we're sitting on the sidelines, but we've seen a lot of our friends, you know, in the big city with the corporate jobs. And, you know, if you look at our, our lives over the last seven years, there's there's always been progress, right? Um, for us to get knocked back at this point, we'd have to do something, you know, like you can't fire us from our businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of thing, like, you know, what – most people are, have they been at their job for seven years, you know, like a lot of people don't feel secure in the job that they have. So I'm not sure we're, I'm not really sure that there's a lot of security in a job. Mm-hmm. So for us, this is like, it's, it's definitely a mindset thing. Like, I think you have to turn mm. your mind, you got to turn your mind away from fear, away from like, Oh, fear of failure, fear of not being able to pay the bills, things like that. And that's a, that takes a long time just to change your mind about anything and to get, and get your mind right. But if you can overcome that fear, you can be productive. And the truth is your worst fears never come to fruition. So mm-hmm. you're, just, you're just worried and not getting your work done basically. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's made, we've gotten to work together. I think it's, it's kind of amazing to support your spouse on something where you have a true responsibility uh, similarly, it, it does cause fights and it is stressful, but at the end of the day, we can leave this to our families. So, it's, and you know, I think the most beautiful thing of it is that, like, we're not doing this for, like, we've given up vacations, we've given up a lot of things, but we're not, like, going to go out and buy a fancy car if we do well. Like, it's, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to create something for the long run. Our kids are, they try to help, you know. Right. <laughs> All your kids are. Um, uh, we have a four-year-old. Four and two and a half. The twins are two and a half. Wow. Wow. We'll try with 
And you guys, you guys like work yeah. from home or do you guys have like a, you know, offsite office or? I have like an offsite I use sometimes, but we work from home generally. Wow. Yeah, I mostly work from home. I mean, I do most, because I don't really have to be available a lot of time. Like, um, I have like a 1-800 number on my website, but for the most part, like I just make sure the marketing is done and the products are out and that's it. So I do a lot of my work at night. So we just kind of trade shifts. Oh, wow. Okay. So you take yeah. care of the kids during the day and then you tackle yeah. entrepreneurship at night. Yeah. I didn't know what kind of mom I was going to be, but then when I had, when I had my kids, I was like, I cannot be separated from them. And, you know, not like I'm like with them right. all, you know, I mean, of course they drive me crazy, but like, I just didn't, I wanted to be able to have like a hand in the way they were coming up. Like I wanted mm. to see them, know them really well. And so it was, you know, it's definitely been a more difficult route to, to have them with me all the time, but I think wow. that it was meant to be that way. All right. So, Waz, what do you do, bro? <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> so, like, Julia is doing all the work, taking care of the kids, running the business, filling orders, yeah. doing she the marketing. <laughs> um, you know, I used my MBA early on to set us on the right path. I like to say that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I actually, um, so when, I, when we got here, I started running Harlem Labs. So we're actually back at Columbia Business School. I started running Harlem Labs, and I've been helping small business owners. So by the time my wife came to talk to me about what she was doing, I, mean, I, was, I was already helping other folks with their businesses. Um, mm. Every I've worked with you know various businesses, everything from the downtown project to um, a mattress company. When I got down here, I so I learned Facebook marketing. I worked for a mattress company, did a half a million in sales for them, mm. and I helped from business school. They did a Kickstarter. They had an Indiegogo launch, and they ran their business. I did 130, 140,000 on uh, Indiegogo, and then you know helped them market on the. I did. I managed their Facebook, took them to I think the two million dollars so mark. Uh, after that, I started to kind of help businesses really just grow, right? So I've worked mm -hmm. with Me and the Bees. I've worked with Maggie Louise Confections. I've worked with Hate Stains. Um, I've worked with a plastic surgeon. Um, really, a lot of that. Some of it on Facebook. Over time, I've kind of bounced, you know, um, across the entire digital marketing sphere of just, you know, doing the LinkedIn, doing the Pinterest, doing the Adobe Photoshop work and everything, you know, that, you know, you should be able to do to run a business. I've kind of played every role from CEO to CTO to whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, I just helped him build a water quality business. So I built the actual technology um, helped him raise, uh, you know, and now the business is at about $4 million. I still have my equity stake. You know, again, I haven't gotten paid out because I have a lot of equity in my wife's business and, you know, mm -hmm. friends' business. Uh, but I primarily have served minority and female businesses. So we're not, none of the businesses I've been with has found it easy to raise money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, nevertheless, um, all of that, I say because of Harlem Labs, I wound up uh, meeting um, the CEO of Organalytics. Organalytics is a software company. I'm very blessed to have met them. CEO is an amazing, uh, the CEO is Shweta Pai. She's amazing. She has this vision, and, and that's essentially using technology to improve relationships within companies, within the informal networks. Uh, and so what we do is we use like active means, which basically is surveys, questionnaires to engage businesses and find out the key relationships that matter. By seeing that, we can see who's influential, we can see who's inclusive, we can see who says a roadblock to engagement. All those things are very visible. It's like 
It looks like one of those maps that Sherlock Holmes would make with like pictures of people and then lines between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once, once you learn how to read that, um, we're able to essentially um, help engage the entire organization, by, whether by individual or by group, to uh, address issues and either performance or diversity issues, right? We can know if you have enough, you know, a male to female ratio balance or if you have an LGBTQ or male, whatever. Um, so with all of this information that we have, um, I'm blessed. We just signed a um, partnership agreement uh, with Harvard Business Publishing. They're the folks wow. who put out Harvard uh-huh. Business Yeah, and we are looking to bring on board. Uh, the company's already worked with Barclays, Stanley, Black & Decker, some notable names. Uh, but we're really trying to take this technology into organizations where there's a lot of complexity, knowledge workers and the like, to bring to them the relevant material and, and trainings, et cetera, to help them improve, right? It's just making better managers by understanding the team dynamic. And so I took that role on just earlier this summer. Uh, we are we actually just sent the contract out to for my first close today. <laughs> um, and so we're closing clients on like a one-year basis. You know, it's a good price ticket, uh, so it's kind of worth it for me to have chased it. But, you know, we're now starting to book. I, I have three uh, demos booked next week, and, you know, we're, we're engaging clients. But I, I had to move into tech basically is what my wife and I realized like products are great, but there's a certain margin. You just can't get past it. Right. right? So even when my wife says, I think we've got a healthy margin, you know, our, you know, our gross and everything is good, but you're never going to get that kind of Facebook money where you can scale. You can bring on that millionth person without having to hire another person. Right. Um, and being in Austin, I see what software can do. So um, the fact that this software is both something that's scalable Plus, it allows me to deal with one of my um, pet peeves, which is, uh, you know, companies that are not inclusive. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say diverse. Not in- inclusion is the real issue, right? It's not diversity. It's do you make people want to be there? Are they psychologically safe? Uh, this is just, I think, the ideal role for me to take everything I've learned as a CMO, working with my wife's business and more. I'll t- she didn't say, but I'm her top salesman, by the way. Oh, okay. You know, so I've learned, I've learned how to do sales, right? I am, right? You know what happens when I show up? I mean, he is. We sell on the street still. Yeah, we, day. we enjoy it. And, oh, you guys uh, do, like, you know, festivals and <laughs> fairs and stuff. We do, like we do markets. Yeah. We do all of that. We get ball. out there. We have a ball. We take the kids to my mom's house, and we just, we have fun. Two days. So it seemed, like, Waz, it seemed like you, you guys, you know, and Julia, you guys, we strategize a lot in terms of both on what you guys working together and, you know, as a collective, what, what's the next move? Uh, what's the next pivot? You know, how, you know, what's that conversation like? I mean, is it something that you guys do like naturally or, you know, mindfully or is it something you guys talk about business every day and, you know, it's an event, right? So like, it's, it's almost imagine like, the, the funny thing to me is like we have boardroom meetings as they're falling asleep. <laughs> it's our business. It's like talking about it in front of the kids. No, it's uh-huh. like you know, our daughter Cassia just you know wet her pants, and Amazon sales are up sixty percent. You know? Wow! <laughs> wow! Are you guys on your phone watching sales coming in? You know, like oh my god, babe! You know, I just made another yeah. sale. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Wow. You know, we actually have funny like our, our our twins now they yell another one <laughs> <laughs> wow we yeah. play some dj Khaled, and every time the, the my wife thing goes off the kids for a while are yelling another one oh, wow. we the best <laughs> <laughs> 
So you guys, you say you guys, you know, seven years in um, with your wife's business, um, Herb and Root. Uh, you say you guys did a lot of, you know, few pivots. Uh, when did the business start turning a profit? The last year. Last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So, a long uh, time. But you know what? We don't have an investor. So this is the route that you have to take if you didn't take any capital from anyone. You know, uh, it's self-finance. We right. take take money from sales to buy inventory for the next batch of sales. So we don't, we have, you know, a small credit line, but that's it. So mm-hmm. once, you know, as it grows, it's ours because we invested our, our time and years of our lives. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, is there, um, you guys plan on scaling um, in yeah. terms of growing, you know, getting employees? Well, and We just got onto walmart.com. Yeah. Uh, and so what's happening now is that, you know, with Amazon, Amazon's really kicked in and we're starting to get to the point where what's funny is we're still in that kind of, you know, financial situation where, you know, we, Amazon's asking for like, we need 300 units. We need 300 units. And we were just like, okay, well, here's 150. <laughs> right. Wow. Because it's like, Sorry. It's self finance. Yeah, so like I, if we I, buy three hundred units, now we can't buy the machine, or we can't do this, or we can't do that. So we're still, I think, we're still holding back a bit, not because we're not going to go out and just give away a piece of the business for mm. a few thousand, right? Uh, we'd much rather have more demand than we can meet, and prices can go up than we go and give away money to somebody who's not doing any work just because they're going to give us a few grand. Yeah, it's just, it's not glamorous at all, but it's just very satisfying because it's like, oh, okay, we can do this if we are just patient. And it's really hard to convince yourself to be patient and to kind of train yourself to stop thinking you should be somewhere else when you really are right where you're supposed to be and to mm-hmm. just take stride. So, but, you know, we did that out of necessity because we're like, we, you know, we, we kind of thought about raising for a bit, like going out and try to raise money, but com- like um, consumer products businesses don't, they don't really have a lot of success. And we're like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not right. the typical demographic gets investment anyway. So we just felt like it was going to kind of be a waste of time. So we kind of focused all our energy on just growing what we had. So, so you're growing a business and all the money coming from the business going right back into business. How do you guys sustain yourself while you guys growing no, this business? Not all the money the money from the business goes back into our, you know, our living. It supports us. Uh, and and then, yeah, uh, and deals that Waz is making and, and clients that Waz brings on too. That's how we sustain ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we are definitely like, you know, here's a contract here. Here's a contract there. Try to, you know. Yeah. So I just recently, I recently, for example, applied to get my MBE, the Minority Business Enterprise. Um, and, you know, again, over the last few years have taken on projects for clients, some multi-month or other. And so that has afforded us, you know, some, you know, at some points, hey, we're supposed to be a few thousand away from a client contract, et cetera. But, you know, my moving into this tech role has been because with, with the technology, uh, it's more likely that my team can raise. Um, yeah. I'm lucky because my team has the right demographic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, raise, oh, that being on the tech side. And so now there's this ability for me to kind of go out and have a job, but they're not going to fire me because I'm an equity holder uh-huh. and my wife. And, you know, when a salary comes in again, I'm going to put on my old same shirt and the money's going to go into the business. And, you know, we might, you know, expand where we live, but the salary now has a purpose, which is growing the business right. outside of costs. So. 
So how do you? Yeah, we we do Go we ahead. do the Warren Buffett. We do kind of the Warren Buffett like frugal. Mm. <laughs> we are frugal. We I live mean, frugally. Listen, that, I mean, it makes a lot of freaking sense. You know, move to Austin, cut your overhead. Uh, you know, don't bring on investors. You know, reinvest in the business. I mean, that takes a lot of discipline and and a lot of uh focus. How you know how hard is that for you guys? It was at first. It was at first. Um, my father-in-law, Julia's dad, is an accountant. He's been really kind of a hero to me because he, you know, he he's very pragmatic. So it, you know, he says things like, "It's not how much you make; it's how much you keep." And mm-hmm. and one day I was explaining, and now I have a client in New York who I was uh, working on, and 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 I was just telling him about the price discrepancy in rent. He was like, he just kind of paused and goes, "So he has to sell like X amount of units just to make his rent," mm-hmm. and it hit me that like. The advantage was like, yes, my business grows, you know, when I sell 500 units, but if I'm in this city, yeah, 300 of those units just goes to rent. If I'm in this city, mm. like 40 good. So it was, it was him kind of pointing out some of those really simple, like you don't need the things you think you need. You just, if you're really dedicated to growing a business and then get rid of all your necessary needs, pour the money into the business and uh, over time it will reward you. But don't fool yourself into thinking you need the vacation or you need to have a car like the Joneses. You know, it's like the Joneses went broke. They just didn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know, it's better, it's better to just kind of do your own thing. And um, and that's what we've gotten to. I mean, we have one decent car and then I've got a... We have a car with no AC. <laughs> wow. In the summer. Okay. <laughs> if you drive real fast, the window's down, bro. You know what I'm We've been living like this for a while now. Like, so we're not, you know, even when we're coming into money, we're not really looking to, we're like, eh, we're good. <laughs> right, right, right. How do kids, how do kids handle, you know, entrepreneurial parents? Um, do they, are they aware what's going on? Oh, or yeah. Are they involved oh, in the business? They just bring it up. They just, they're just, you know, kids are sponges. So they're just around us all the time, like asking questions and just, they want to help our four-year-old especially wants to come to, to like markets with me and like help me package up products. And so, you know, they're, they're learning really early um, how to kind of just run a business and um, how to, how to sell to people is a very valuable skill that I think a lot of people don't, don't even know that they don't have that, you know, that they lack it. But like once you're out on the streets and you're trying to sell a product, it's not easy. Like it's, you need somebody. It's, <laughs> it's all about energy, man. I just found I found that out, man. It's like it's all about yeah. energy. People love good energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can see why <laughs> Waz is like the salespeople because he seems like he talks Waz to everybody. Is the sales guy. <laughs> he is. He just like brings them in, right. you know. And I can close, but like he's just like just naturally like outgoing like that. Like so, I'm proud of my wife's business. He's been right. very helpful, and I. We want to train our our kids to do that, to have that same skill because that's a life skill right there. Yeah, you know what? I I could I could attest to that. You know, I've been like, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, you know, forever, and and I and I and I trying to pinpoint why haven't I gotten to the next level? And I said, one thing I came to realize is like I am not selling, like not mm-hmm. I I could produce stuff. You know, produce mm-hmm. events, produce like a podcast, but I'm not selling myself to the right people. You know, so yeah. I I I'm in the process of right now amplifying my voice 
and getting in people's faces because I feel like that will take my 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 journey, my entrepreneurial journey to the next level. And so yeah. you guys, I could totally relate to, you know, having a sales mentality is uh, for an entrepreneur, that's like a gold mine, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Another but thing you I- can learn anything though. You can learn how to do it. You just got to, you know, focus yeah. your energy on that. Listen, and when you, you know got to pay your mean? rent, you're going to learn anything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I've been put, I got put in some unique situations and this is working for a client. One of the clients I worked for has a very unique product um, called the Iron Neck. And um, (laughs) I, I've been doing Facebook marketing for a while. So I'm, I'm selling their products. And what's funny is my feelings that get hurt. People leave some really, like, I feel like Facebook, I I, I want to turn off social media, but like, it's like people turn into their darkest (laughs) selves, like trollish characters. So some of the mean comments, that I would see on Facebook for my client's product. It's a $700 product, Joe Rogan and Joe, yeah, Joe Rogan and all these other people love it. I love it. I think it's a great product, but it looks different. It looks unique. It looks interesting. And so there's all these really mean, nasty comments you could leave. And I, it was my job to just sell. So when you have to turn up the gas on Facebook, it just means more insults and comments. This thing sells. Mm-hmm. And I realized that people who know it works care. And so that means you just have to shut out all of the Haters. people that don't matter. Yeah, you just the gotta them out like that. Yeah, I had to go just run up and say, "Sell to the wolves, not the dogs." I learned to do it digitally. It's kind of like sell you know, to like, the wolves you know, and not the dogs. That's dope. Yeah, just don't waste don't waste your time being mad. Don't try to impress the people that don't like it. If you're making eight thousand dollars a day from the three, you know, of the three hundred and sixty million Americans out there, if ten of them buy your product, and you make a thousand dollars. Just sell to them. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about everybody else. And that's, I think, where in person and even with my service, it's just like I've, I've had the blessing of co- continually evolving into roles where, like, I just couldn't be scared. I had to step forward and take my rejections. Mm. And then, you know, but then you take two rejections and then the next person hands you a $10,000 check. You're like, oh, OK, that was worth it. Right, right, right. It's part of the journey, right? It's part of the process. If you're going to be what you think you're going to be you just got to go through it you just got to take it on the yeah. chin and keep it moving yeah take your lumps and and at the end is a you know a, a golden bowl of whatever it is you're looking for in life right but um that's just everything that we've read in the books about how hard it is and how sometimes you just have to step into the void with the faith and all the pain and belief it's true yeah like you you'll never know if it works unless you go out there and get your rejection and not everyone's going to like it yeah um but when you people that do and they give you the money <laughs> right right and you just you know, i mean just, you just gotta be you just yeah. gotta be thick skin right as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. thick yeah. skin and keep yeah. you know someone keep it going so uh yeah. i know you guys have a lot of moving parts right now it sounds like so where do you guys see you guys yeah. self in the next say five years and what's the ultimate goal for you know for you guys for the business for the family what are you guys working towards? Oh, I see us, uh, you know, on a beach in Lagos. <laughs> oh, wow. No, maybe not Lagos. Maybe <laughs> we're going to go to Nigeria. We will take our children to Nigeria. We have a lot of um, just keep working. Once our children are in good schools, um, we're going to we're going to continue to expand and do what we're doing. Basically, we're on the track right now. Um, the next five years look like just a little bit more fun than we've had in the last five years because our mm-hmm. kids will be older. 
they'll be, you know, engaged in whatever they're doing, but then we're going to take, you know, a little bit more vacations and, you know, a little bit, have a little bit more time together. Well, we have a lot of time together, but um, non-working. non-working time together and just kind of try to enjoy this freedom because that's, that's why we pursued this was for the freedom of it. And, you know, I didn't want to be geographically limited. I didn't want to be, um, financially limited so that this was the only option. So um, we're going to just start enjoying those fruits in the next five years. And I mean, I'm planning on keeping doing what I'm doing. I would like to actually eventually get into more um, media production, like blogging um, mm-hmm. and videos. And I, I learned a little video editing and I, I've, I've always loved to write. So um, I'd like to get more into content as like a business itself um, in the next probably five years and maybe launch something else um, mm-hmm. in addition to but I'm very passionate about um, Urban Root as well. So I'm, you know, keep on keeping on. <laughs> Everything she said about uh, I agree. <laughs> well, you know, you said you guys are going to enjoy each other more. Has, you know, entrepreneurship take a toll on the relationship at all? Or has it made it stronger? A little of both. I mean, I think I think all couples go through whatever trials they have, you know, and I think if we we're both working and we had that, that lifestyle, I think we'd have a whole nother set of problems. So I don't think that we have more problems than any other couple because we work kind of in this way. And I, I think it has definitely fortified our relationship. You know, mm. I think that we depend on each other in more ways than just, you know, a normal husband and wife do. So we're, our lives are totally inter- intertwined and, you know, our children are also a part of that. So right. I think it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's been fascinating. I think about the next five years, I've came out of business school thinking I, I like private equity, but not in the way that rich folks do it. Just uh, taking equity in things I really believe in. Right. Um, where my wife's business has been, close to the heart, it's really working with great people mm-hmm. who have what it to build something. You know, like I, I like I said to my brother earlier today, you know, there's the creator and there's the administrator. You know, in, in certain cases you can be one or but def, definitely not both. And with my wife's business, it's been definitely more me being the administrator, her being the creator, but kind of finding those pairings where if our wealth is created off of helping other great people own their businesses and be pragmatic and and you know, not and grow without taking investment, but but have that same protection of their nest egg and and creation of value, mm-hmm. then, and I think I'm on that track to you know, at 50 or 60, be able to say, hey, we've got stakes and some things are throwing off cash flow, but again, it's it's about the work, it's about creating the value, and you know, I I think that's good work to do, mm. you know, kind of. Well, I mean, you guys sound happy, um, and you guys clearly have a great um, communication, you know, skills in terms of, you know, partnerships and making sure you guys check in with each other on every move and every idea and all that good stuff. So that's sounds like a ama- sound. You guys sound sound amazing, you know, power couple. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We try. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't always feel like it. It doesn't. We're tired, you know. We're tired. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, you guys have a, clearly a bigger picture, and that's why you're making the sacrifices now. Uh, so the yeah. bigger picture we realize later, and you know, clearly you guys made some really strategic, good moves. Uh, moving to Austin, becoming minimalist. Uh, you know, really. You know, every move you make sound like it's all about the end goal of, you know, yeah. building, building wealth, 
building wealth yep. and creating a legacy. So I really appreciate you guys for uh, being on here. Before I, you know, end this end this conversation, any advice that you want to give um, individuals or couples who are looking to go to business together or individuals who are looking to uh, do their own thing uh, in terms of how to go about it? And any 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 gems that you guys have learned in the past seven years that you guys want to share? I, I've studied. I, I I would say study the other folks that have done this. Right. Um, you know, you look at I look at Bill and Melinda Gates. I look at you know so many couples that work together and are still working together to build something great. Um, we get more time together to build that value. Right, because we get to talk about it at midnight and 7 a.m. And so I feel like for those who cho- choose to do this, like support each other. I think that great things can be made when two people who care about each other say, "I want to make your dream come true, and you want to make mm. my dream come true." That you, you can't beat that. Like you can't, you know, your your favorite person at work, you're not going to be sitting in the room with them at midnight. <laughs> right, right. So you, you get that kind of time in. But at the same time, like have a goal that rewards you guys. Like our vision with having three kids during this period is hard, but we know that when we're older and, and we're retired, et cetera, we get, we're not going to forego kids for wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have what we leave behind, but you know, there will be very, very tough spots and you know, you just have to be very easy on each other because it's an almost insane thing to do to even be an entrepreneur. Most yeah. people don't, you know, um, so a lot of forgiving yourselves individually and together, I think, um, while you kind of stare at the stars, we've actually done it right, is my advice. Well, you know, based on our conversation, you know, it's funny because we always look at relationship on the surface level. You know, oh, my God, you guys are happy together. You guys smiling. But this is like you guys like a, are showing love in a more deeper way because starting a business operating the business, having three kids, and you guys still sound excited about everything that you guys are doing is, you know, to me is unique. You know, I don't see, I don't come across you guys often. So you guys got something oh, going you. strong. So keep it going. Thank you. Hey, thank, thank you very much, Kathy. We appreciate it. Thank you for having yeah, us thank on Thank you here. for your time. This no worries. Uh, thank you. I'm, man, I you made us forget about ourselves. Yeah. We, we needed this right now. Uh, listen, you good. guys I'm have serious. a lot to offer the world. I mean, you know, Julia said you want to start that content creation, that media thing. You guys have a lot of content that you, only you guys could share, have to share with the world. So, you know, think about it from that direction because I picked up on a few things. I'm like, wow, I don't, you know. I don't, we don't, I don't get what you guys are, you know, doing anywhere, everywhere. So keep that in mind. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for staying to have this call with us. We appreciate it. Let us know anything we can do to help. And we're going to have to send you one of my wife's new uh, special, the spice chocolate spice cocoa glaze. (laughs) Spice cocoa glaze. By the way, your, your wife's company website, it's, Herb and root.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's better if you say herb actually because then it, it's kind of a play on words, but it's H E R B A N D R O O T.com. Um, and on Amazon, it's amazon.com slash urban root. So uh, it's spelled the same way. Are you guys on digital, on social media, I mean, as well? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, I'm on all of, um, let's see, Facebook and Instagram as Pinterest. Urban Root and Pinterest. So I love Pinterest. Yeah. Um, as Urban Root as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely uh, check you guys out, out and I'm sure our listeners will check you guys out as well. You guys have something amazing going. So keep it going. And thanks once again and have a good night. Thank you. Right, you too. Take care. Kevin. Take care. Awesome. A pleasure. Bye. Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God, trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsa Cooper, the social broker. Thanks again for listening.